My text this morning is that first phrase that we read in verse 21, where the Bible says, Unto him be glory in the church. Unto him be glory in the church. In order to know who the him is that's talking about in that verse, you've got to go back to verse 20, where the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Uh, unto him, unto God, be glory in the church. God deserves our glory. He deserves our praise. Uh, he deserves our praise because he made the world in which we live. Uh, the world did not come into existence as a result of a big bang. It came into existence because God spoke. Jesus spoke and the world came into existence. It was his design and his plan. Everything that we see about us is here because God made it. In John chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so we praise him, and our glory goes to God this morning for everything that he made in the world around us. Our glory goes to God this morning because he made us. You did not evolve. You are not related to a monkey. You were made by God. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And I believe, and if you've been around here long enough, you've heard me say, I believe that every person that has been born from Cain and Abel down through all the ages is just as much an act of God as it was when he created Adam from the dust of the ground. No little one would be born unless God ordained it. And you are here and I am here because we were made by God. Our glory goes to him because of that. Our glory goes to God because he redeemed us. We were sinners headed for a Christless hell to spend eternity apart from our creator. That was, that's the penalty for sin. The wages of sin is death. But God loved us enough, even while we were yet sinners, that he sent his son to die in our place, to pay for our sin, to redeem us from the penalty of sin. And if you've received Christ this morning, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't received him this morning, you need to do it this morning so you can know what I'm talking about. I stand redeemed this morning because of the blood of the Lamb of God. Glory goes to God for our redemption. We give him glory. How do we give him glory? Well, we give him glory, first of all, by receiving Christ, by receiving the gift that he purchased for us. I, 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 I said in, in, in Sunday school, I think it was in Sunday school, uh, but that when Jesus died on Calvary, he died for the sins of every single person that has ever lived on the face of the earth. Every single person, from the worst sinner that we read about in history uh, to, to, to the best person, the most moral person from a, uh, from a human standpoint, they both need the blood of Christ. They both need the forgiveness of God. And Jesus Christ, when he died, he paid the price for every sin. And we give God glory when we receive that gift of salvation. 
We give him glory when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. We give him glory by how we live our lives. He wants us to live our lives in a pure, holy way. Uh, we've been talking about in Sunday school, uh, some, uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus said to his disciples, I want your righteousness to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Jesus is not only concerned about what we do on the outside, he's concerned about what goes on on the inside. And our attitudes and the way we think and the, and, and the desires of our heart are judged by God. And we bring glory to him when we live our life, both on the inside and on the outside, in a way that's pleasing to him. We bring glory to God when we do what we do this morning, when we gather together in his house. I, I was reading a few weeks ago. Uh, did you know that coming to church has a positive impact on your lifespan They've actually done studies. People that come to church at least once a week, on average, live to be 82 years old. Compared to those that don't go to church at all, only live to be 75. Doing what you do this morning adds seven years, on average, uh, to your life. And so, uh, if, <laughs> I think that's a good reason to come to church. You're going to live longer. I think it's good reason to come to church because when we come together, we are giving glory to God. And he deserves our glory. We give glory to God when we witness. We give glory to God when we tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ and tell them that they need to be saved. And that's what we ought to do. We ought to give glory to God. He deserves our glory. Now, lest you rub your hands together and think, oh, that was a short sermon this morning. He's, he, he's introduced it. He's made his points about how we give glory to God. And he's going to finish up. We'll be done. I'll beat the Methodist to the big boy today. <laughs> Don't count on it. That's not my message. That was just my introduction. That phrase says that, that we read in verse 21, unto him be glory in the church. All the things I mentioned a minute ago is how we as individuals give glory to God. But how do we in a church give glory to God? This morning I mentioned three ways that we do that. Three ways that as a corporate body, as a group of called out believers, as a church, we bring glory to him. Number one, we bring glory to God when we keep preaching on sin. In a book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verse 1, God said to the prophet Isaiah, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Isaiah's day was a day when people mixed up right and wrong. It was a day when they called good evil and called evil good. It was a day when most of the people didn't have any respect for God or the things of God. It was a day when they were turning their back on every, everything God was and everything God stood for and everything that God had, come, had, had tried to teach his people. And, and when it came to the things of God, nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody wanted to be rebuked for their sin. Nobody wanted a prophet or a preacher standing up and, and, and naming their sin and preaching about sin. Sort of sounds a lot like our day, doesn't it? Sort of sounds a lot, a lot, a lot like today. 
And so God came to Isaiah and God said to Isaiah, cry aloud, lift up your voice. I want my people to be taught what sin is. I want them to be reminded of what sin is. And we bring glory to our God in the church when a church preaches against sin. And so you'll hear me say this morning, and you heard me say often, homosexuality is not an alternative lifestyle. It's a sin. The Bible calls it sodomy. It's an abomination to God. Abortion is not a woman's choice. It's murder. Killing a little unborn baby is just as wicked as taking a gun and going and shooting somebody in the head. And it doesn't matter what kind of lies come out of hell that try to justify it. In God's sight, it is still a sin. The word alcoholic is not in the Bible. The word drunkard is. God is still against alcohol. He calls those who drink it to excess drunkers. And I don't care what society says, and I'm going to tell you this morning, it would be better off, it would be better off if you just didn't touch any drop of it. It would be better off if you just stayed away from it completely. I know there are some people that drink uh, what they call drink socially, and they take a little bit, and listen... uh, And by the way, I don't know, I I don't have anybody in mind. I don't know what you do in the privacy of your homes. I'm preaching what God wants me to preach. I I know I'm sort of taking a shotgun this morning. If some of the bullets hit you, it's not my fault. It's God's fault. If you're going to get mad at somebody, get mad at him. Just better off to just leave it alone. Just better off just to not touch one drop of it. There's so many people killed, so many families destroyed as a result of drink. We'd be a lot better off if we just leave it alone and not touch it and not have it in our homes. We're going to give God glory. We're going to preach against sin. This idea of living together, of trying out marriage before you get married, is, is a sin. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what the majority of people are doing. If you want to enjoy the benefits of marriage, go ahead and make the commitment to get married. It's a sin if you do something other than that. And I know some people might say, and nobody in this room, but some people might say today, preacher, I don't think you should use words like that. You shouldn't use words like sodomy. You shouldn't use words like murder. You shouldn't use words like drunkard. You shouldn't use words like adultery. By the way, it's still a sin to cheat on your spouse. It's still a sin. And we're going to talk about it in Sunday school. Jesus is going to say it's not only the act itself, it's what goes on up here. It's what goes on in here. That's a sin. And, and some people might say, don't use the words like sodomy or murder or drunkard or adultery and, or fornication. I want to tell you something this morning. They're not my words. They're God's words. They're words that he used in the Bible. God, help us. What our country needs this morning is some more preachers and some more churches to bring glory to God and get in their pulpits and preach against sin. The Bible tells us in the last days that we're going to have, we're going to have teachers with itching ears. 
They're going to have preachers and teachers that say, and, here, and, here, and here's what they're going to do. They're going to take a survey. They're going to ask their people what they want to hear. Instead of telling them what they need to hear, they're going to survey what they want to hear, and then they preach that. It'll be a cold day, and you know where, before you get a survey from this preacher. If somebody, if you get a survey in the mail and somebody has signed my name to it, you might as well just throw it up and throw tear it up and throw it away because you send it back. That's what I'm going to do to it. Amen. Look, when you go to a doctor, you don't want the doctor to tell you what you want to hear. When you go to a dentist, you don't want the dentist to tell you what you want to hear. When you go to your CPA, you don't want your CPA to tell you what you want to hear. I mean, if you got a problem, you want the doctor to tell you what the problem is. Amen. If you got a problem with your teeth, you want the dentist to tell you what it is. If you got a problem with the books, you want the CPA to tell you what the problem is so you can fix it. Amen. We bring glory to God in the church when we preach against sin because it's preaching against sin that will convict of sin and get people to live right. Amen. Live right. So we're going to give glory to him by continuing to preach on sin. Number two, we're going to give glory to him by keep persuading the lost to be saved. You come to this place Sunday morning, Sunday night, most of the times on Wednesday night, you're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because, you see, we're in the business of persuading people that they need a Savior. When Paul stood before Festus and King Agrippa, he shared his testimony. He told those two men and others that were gathered there about Jesus and how he met him on the road to Damascus and how he confessed him as his Savior. Then Paul asked King Agrippa, Agrippa he said, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That's what the Apostle Paul was trying to do. Every place he spoke, every person he talked to, whether it was a big crowd or whether it was one-on-one, he was trying to persuade people that they were a sinner, that there was a penalty for that sin, that Jesus paid the penalty, and if they received Christ as their Savior, they could be saved. They can know what it is to have a home in heaven. Isn't it a shame that a lot of churches this morning, isn't it a shame that a lot of churches tonight, they might get together for a service, but there's no preaching about sin. There's no preaching of the gospel. There's no persuading that tries to go on. Instead of having invitations, they have closing hymns. Listen, we're going to keep giving glory to God in the church by keeping preaching on sin and keep preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Keep preaching that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father by him. And we're going to keep having invitation hymns so people can come and make a decision for Jesus Christ. That's how we bring glory to God in the church. Look, if you invite somebody that you love... Let's say you invite a member of your family, and you, or you, you invite uh, somebody that you work with. You invite a, a neighbor, and, and you know that they're lost. You know that they don't know Christ as their Savior. You know that they're headed for hell. You invite them to come to this place. What do you want me to preach about when they come? 
I'll tell you what you want me to preach about. You want me to preach about the cross. You want me to preach about the Savior. You want me to tell them that they need to be saved, that they need to receive Christ. I don't know when you're going to bring somebody like that, so I'm going to preach about it all the time. So when you do bring them, they'll hear it. I pity the preacher one day that will stand before God and God will ask him, why didn't you preach more of the gospel? Why didn't you preach more about sin? Why didn't you preach more about the need for people to come to Jesus Christ? When I stand before God, I don't know how much he'll say, but one thing that he'll be able to say is when they came to that Fellowship Baptist Church, they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to bring glory to God in the church by continuing to preach the gospel. And then number three, we're going to bring glory to God in the church by keep preaching that, that we need to be separated from the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This world's not our home. It's not our home. Don't put your roots down here because you're not going to be here very long. Say, I'm talking to a lady earlier this week. She's, she's 95 years old. She's lived in Flint her whole life, 95 years old. And she says, I got my roots here. I said, no, you don't, because I knew she was a Christian. We'd already talked about it. I said, your roots are not here. Your roots are up there. Your roots are in that place that Sam talked about when he prayed a moment ago for the offering, that one day, one day we'll get to go and we'll get to be with him forever and ever. That's where our home is. We're just passing through this place. We're only going to be here a little while. And so I'm not going to listen to the world. I'm not going to put my priorities, have the same priorities the world has. I want my priorities to be what God wants me to have. The world says, if it feels good, go ahead and do it. The world says, uh, you're your own boss. You don't need to answer to anybody. The world says, you have evolved from a monkey. The world says, you will never stand before, God's, before God and give an account for how you live your life. You're only going to live once, so go for the gusto. The world says that success is determined not by how we live our life and what we do for God, but how much we ac- accumulate. The world says... That spanking our children warps their personality. I want to tell you something. Something needs to be warped. Mine did. And they got it. Now, one of them turned out all right. I'm still judging the other one, so I don't know. I won't tell you which one is which either. But listen, everything I just said, that's the philosophy of the world. That's how the world wants you to think. And every one of those statements, if you feel good, do it. You're your own boss. Do whatever you want. They are a perversion straight out of hell. We were created in God's image We were created to be part of his family. Our sin separates us from God. Jesus paid the sin so that we could be reconciled to him. How we live our life is going to be, we're going to, one day we're going to stand before God and we're not going to give an account as a Christian for our sin. All that's under the blood, but we're going to give an account for how we lived the life that God gave us to live. And we're going to, we're going to, Keep bringing glory to God in the church by reminding ourselves of all those truths. So, turn off the TV. 
Turn off the radio. Get your owner's manual out. This is our owner's manual. Tells us how to live. Deep, deep, deep. Dive deep, deep, deep into this book. It was written by the one that made you. It was written by the one that deserves not only our glory as an individual, but our glory as a church. And we're going to keep giving him glory by preaching on sin, by persuading people that they need Jesus Christ, and by reminding ourselves that this world is not our home. It's not our home. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for every bit of it, the parts we like and the parts that sometimes we find distasteful because it convicts us of our sin. And I pray, Father, that as we gather this morning, we gather to give glory to you. And I pray if there's just even just one person here this morning that's never received Christ as their Savior, that Holy Spirit, you would help them see that they are a sinner. All sin comes short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Help them see the wages of sin is death, but help them see the light of the gospel. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then, Father, help them to see the promise, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Help them to do that this morning. Most of us here are Christians. We've done that. There's been a time in our life where we've asked Jesus to be our Savior. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. If there's anything standing between us and you, help us to get rid of it this morning. If there's anything in our life that shouldn't be there, if there's any area of our life we haven't surrendered, help us to just give it to you this morning and live our life in such a way that would bring glory to our God. Just bless this time of invitation. Use it to build your kingdom. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.